0: We all saw what a good starting rotation can look like this season, but now the Twins are going to have to replace the innings they got from, among others, Kent and Maeda and Sonny Gray. They traded for both of those guys, so I think it's probably safe to assume that whatever they do this offseason, it will probably involve a trade. So here today, we're going to talk about three starting pitchers I would look into if I was the Twins. This is Locked On Twins. <laughs> You are Locked On on Twins, your daily Minnesota Twins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello again and welcome back to another edition of Locked On Twins. I'm your host, Brandon Warren, and you can find me on Twitter at Brandon underscore W-A-R-N-E. Thanks for making Locked On Twins your first listen every day. And of course, uh, we're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as on YouTube and part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As a reminder, we say this every day, but please feel free to be active in the comments. We'd love to hear from you if you have questions you'd like answered i can keep some in the chamber here in uh in a section on our software so keep sending them guys cuz uh they really turn out great for us uh for a little added content we love to hear from you again you guys are the reason why the show exists in the first place um other than that again thanks for checking us out and uh th- thanks for making us your first listen every day the rest of the week here we're going to probably kind of break down some off-season sorts of ideas. And with this episode, we're going to kind of kick that off by looking into three starting pitching trade targets for the Twins. Now, these aren't the only three. They're just three that I came up with. And what that will allow is, you know, continued, uh, you know, as the off-season evolves, if we see somebody, you know, start selling off, maybe someone else will make more sense. Um, there'll be some non-tenders, that sort of thing. But um, we do have a list of three pitchers here. I'm just going to break them down as best I can. And if you disagree, feel free to share your your targets, whether it's one, three, five, whatever. Share them in the comments. And I'd love to hear your rationale because, as always, it's a very possible thing that I've missed something on the guy that you like. So. The opener, the first, and is, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see on the screen that I have the pitchers' this and division that they're coming from. I don't want to give everything away. And number one might not be that surprising, but it's not going to be a household name. Number two, twins have seen him recently, but again, uh, probably not a household name. And then number three is an entire wild card. We know that the twins love a deal. They love the idea that they can fix somebody. So what what better way to move about the offseason than to find someone who you can do both of those things with? So our opener is Mitch Keller of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now If you're unfamiliar with Keller, um, he will be 28 next May. And this is going to be a painful discussion because nobody likes the idea of trading prospects in the first place, let alone prospects for a player who they haven't heard of necessarily. And then, and then. When you consider the caliber of prospects the Twins would most likely have to make available in a trade like this, eh, it's tough. Now, there are common ties here. Uh, Derek Shelton is the manager in Pittsburgh, um, at least as we speak today. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if there's any sort of connection there. But what I love about Keller and you know, the, we're always going to kind of fall back on the Garrett Cole trope. Every time a Pirates pitcher starts to look good. Oh, is he the next Garrett Cole? Is he going to go to Houston and become a stud? It's a little bit of a oversimplified way to look at a pitcher because just because he came from Pittsburgh, I mean, they don't have anything in common. They don't even pitch for the same pitching coach, but the measurables on Keller are good. And like, Really good again. Uh, 28 in April, so 28 on right around opening day. 9.73 strikeouts per nine innings, 194 and a third innings, 2.55 walks per nine, 1.16 homers per nine, and you know no other rates that really stick out. It's a 4.21 ERA, 3.3 Fangraphs WAR. Baseball Reference has them at 2.9. So a pretty good idea of what he's worth uh or what he was value-wise to the team. 13 and 9 record, if that's something you care about. 421 ERA was an all-star. Uh 105 ERA plus. 3.80 FIP. So you're asking yourself, why would the Pirates want to move this guy? Well, he is going into arbitration. Again, he's gonna be a free agent after 2025. So he's got two seasons of club control left. Big righty, 6'3", Um Cedar Rapids native, which also could be kind of a fun little tie-in. Um, but the improvements that he's made year over year, cutting his walks, um, limiting homers, which is a big, big deal for pitchers um, to take that next step. You see... A lot of guys who just never do that. Now it's a 91 career ERA plus, 471 career ERA, 100 career starts. So the fans who look at just the baseball reference page are going to say, no, nah, I don't want this guy. No, nah, he's not any good. You know, we saw that with Pablo Lopez's numbers, and now the entire fan base loves him, justifiably so. By the way, he was taped going through his initial evaluation at Driveline, So if it's possible that he's going to get any nastier, he is taking the right steps toward that. Just a small segue. All right, so Keller is, he's kind of fun. Uh, four-seam fastball cutter sinker. So he basically moves the ball every which way with heat. Throws those pitches about... 74 75 about three quarters of the time he'll mix in a slider and a curve and then a show me changeup. Uh, fastball is in the 95 96 range typically. Um, yeah, depending on classification, it's either a slider or a cutter depending on um the day, but a perfectly reasonable solid repertoire. His fastball was incredible this year, almost 16 runs above average so if we go into his uh specific types so in general his fastball gave up a 249 batting average now that on a fastball in general is good his four seam fastball he threw 814 times this season for a 176 average and a 351 slugging now those numbers on their own without any context you're like man 176 what in the joey gallo is going on here that's on a fastball fastballs are usually like that pitch guys hit 300 against even against good pitchers or 260 280 176 is way out of the question um with what we've seen with the twins with fastball pitchers joe ryan jake odorizzi uh me Keller is a wonderful, tremendous possible fit. You're going to have to get uncomfortable. But again, why would they want to make him available? $6 million in arbitration, Pirates going nowhere. Um, there will be, the, again, the Garrett Cole effect that everyone's going to talk about, even though it's more narrative than actual fact. But the cost is going to be a lot. The cost is going to be, I think you could get by without Brooksley or Walker Jenkins, but I think everybody else probably has to be in the conversation and it's going to get uncomfortable, but such is life, when you are trying to pick up a guy who is very clearly ascending, you have shown the ability as an organization to turn those guys to another level beyond that, at least with Pablo Lopez. Anyhow, um, I'd be all in on Mitch Keller. Would you, I'd love to hear what people have to say because um Yeah, I'm all in on Mitch Keller. He'd be my number one choice. Um, And again, we're talking about like guys who the Twins could reasonably trade for. You look at guys who've got high arbitration numbers relative to what they provide uh, or where they're at in their contract and where the team is on their competitive curve. Um, Good player, bad team, that sort of thing. Uh, So this is not like an algorithm. It's just me kind of... Thumbing through, seeing some guys who are going to be free agents before too long. Coming off a bad year. Arbitration isn't going to add up in terms of money. And uh, with Keller coming off a terrific year, I just think if the Pirates don't want to pay him and you're willing to pay full price for two years of control, get in there. And that's what I'm hoping to see the Twins do. Um, That would be, again, my number one choice. Let's take a quick time out and talk to you all about our friends over at Bird Dogs. Okay, so um if you're looking for some kind of shorts, pants that you can wear anywhere. I'm telling you literally anywhere. You want to wear them golfing, if you want to wear them to the beach, if you want to wear them to church. I wear mine to church. I'm ushering. I wear them to church and they look great. They feel great. Nothing could be better. Bird Dogs make you look good. It's a stretch khaki short or pant that is designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dogs shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but better, way better. They fit better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton, and they fix this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches to get a slimmer fit without sacrificing movement. And for guys like me, Bird Dogs uses anti-stink sweat-wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Again, any occasion, you're going to a cookout, going to golf, going on a date, going to work out, going to the pool, you name it, You can absolutely wear them without skipping a beat. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB or enter the promo code locked on MLB at checkout for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB for a free water bottle at checkout. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Okay. We are back here and heading into the bullpen. Thanks for making us your first listen every day here on locked on twins. If you're an everyday or hang out all week where we're going to be talking a lot of off season stuff. Uh, I find that mentioning specific names really piques the interest of people. So we're starting that off with a bang here. We talked about Mitch Keller. You're going to have to go big or go home to trade for him as a, you know, as much as we don't want to evoke the memory of Garrett Cole or Chris Archer, um, Archer Archer, they traded for and got a, and gave up a ton, but they traded Garrett Cole and in, in theory were going to get a ton. Um, and, and in turn, you know, Cole was much, much better for the Astros than anything the um, Pirates could have ever gotten for him. So Twins would certainly need to pony up the prospects. I think you can get by without Buehler, uh and without, or not Bueller Jenkins. I had the wrong Walker. Uh, Walker, Jenkins, or Brooks Lee. But everybody else probably has to be in play. Number two on the list, a left-handed pitcher from the AL East. You got any guesses, folks? Easy for me to say. Well, I'll give you a hint. The Twins saw him in the postseason with the Toronto Blue Jays, and it's not Hyunjin Ryu, but it is a Blue Jays lefty. You say Kikuchi. Now, Kikuchi has kind of been, I don't know if I'd necessarily say in the doghouse. He certainly has not taken uh, to the big leagues like I think the Mariners would have hoped when they first picked him up. You know, now he's with the Blue Jays. Things are a little different. But he's coming off easily his, uh, his most productive big league season. 32 starts, 167 two-thirds innings, more than a strikeout per inning. Walks cut in half from the year before. Um, It looks like he can do the ground ball thing or the fly ball thing, depending on, you know, tailored to outfield defense, infield defense, that sort of thing. The big issue with Kikuchi has been homers. It always has been and probably always will 1.65 homers per nine over more than 600 innings is basically telling you that it's, it's probably not going to get much better. This year was one, four, five. Um, The only season he had fewer was in 2020. And we all know that season was uh, certainly different. If you think that Kikuchi has another gear and you can even get, if, even if you can knock 0.15 off that homer rate, get it down to 130. That that would be a good place to be for Yusei Kikuchi and the Twins. Kikuchi does not turn uh, 33 until next June. He is signed through next season. So it'd be a one-year commitment for $10 million. Um, me a pitcher with his stuff and not perfect execution but much better than before i think is the kind of thing you'd, you'd love to take a crack at averages 95.1 on the fastball And that's on the left side mind you um so well above average velocity from the left side slider he throws 30 percent of the time curve he throws 15 percent of the time and then a split that he's a, right around 10%. Statistically, the slider has been um, a huge pitch for him this year. Everything else kind of meh, but the slider has been 10 runs above average, uh, according to Fangraphs. You go into his splits and his slider this year, this year, about a 225 batting average and a 396 slugging percentage. Um, I want to make sure I pull out the splits on fan because you get swinging strike rate, that sort of thing. Uh, 10.1% swinging strike rate on four seamer, 15.8 on a slider, 13.2 on a curve, 8.1 on a changeup. So um, all respect, Respectable numbers, you'd really like more swing and miss out of the changeup, I guess. But um, that slider curve combination with a fastball, and uh, you know, if you do enough changeups to keep the opponents off balance, it could be interesting. One year, $10 million is, I think, a small price to pay to take a chance. You could extend him after that if he pitches well. He'll be in his mid-30s, so the cost and length should be down. We know the twins like shorter-term commitments. Kikuchi would be one year, at minimum. And I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't want to oversimplify. But could you trade for Kikuchi? Would that give you a better chance of signing Maeda? Um, do you really want to bring back Maeda? We don't know. We don't know if they want to bring back Tyler Malley. We don't want. We don't know how much they want to bring back Sonny Gray. The best we can do is operate under the idea that they're going to do the things they've done to this point now into their what eighth off season. They're going to look for pitchers with club control and pay what that's worth. If it's one year, obviously not as much as two, which is why Keller, who is also four years younger, but with an extra year of control is going to be much, much, much more expensive in a trade than pretty much anybody else. And again, you got to take the, that shot. You know, do you want to give a free agent pitcher who's probably on the wrong side of 30, a hundred plus million, or do you want to give a guy like Chris Bassett, Sonny Gray, a short-term deal and still risk the worst years coming to bite you in their mid thirties? Or do you trade for a 27, 28 year old, possibly on the upswing, um, and then hope that in a year you look like you made out like bandits because so Luis Arise, let's just take a quick segue here. A uh, quick sidebar is projected to make almost 11 million in arbitration this off season. 11 million for a guy who flirted with 400 for a while. Played second base, uh, probably not a long term fit there. And can I mean you, if he hits 280 for a stretch, he's giving you nothing. 280 is really dang good. Not for him, it's not, but all I'm seeing is the the margin for error in a skill set like Arise's probably isn't as big as I think people think. Flash forward a year since the trade or a season since the trade. And I th- I don't think it's, it's ridiculous to say that you couldn't get a pitcher anywhere near the caliber of Pablo Lopez right now for Luis Arise, let alone two prospects with him. So you want to be on the ascent. You want to make trades at the right time. Kikuchi, $10 million next year, Thirty-three next June. Throws the crap out of the ball. Um, curveball is interesting. Fastball is interesting. Slider is very, very interesting. We know these guys like their sliders too. It's like a freaking white castle in this building here. Um, so Kikuchi could be interesting. I feel like the Twins and Blue Jays don't make very many trades, but that's neither here nor there. Blue Jays are an active team, make a lot of trades, make a lot of moves. So I could see it. I could see it happening, and uh, I would welcome it. So Yusei Kikuchi is the second of the three pitchers we're going to talk about today. I think there's pretty much no chance you guys are going to know who we're going to talk about in segment three. But before we do that, we do have to talk about our friends at FanDuel. So it is October, and if you live in a place like I do, you know just by looking out the window. But if you are watching a little bit of baseball, you get the vibe pretty quickly that it's October. And October Baseball means you can make your postseason debut with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And again, making your October your, your debut in October, I mean, who do you think you are? Alex Kirilov? But I digress. Join FanDuel today, and you'll get started with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to create a new account. Then you can get in on the action from the first pitch until the final out betting on everything from strikeouts home runs who's going to win the game you name it but if you don't want to wait the whole game to get your w predict what will happen in the next at bat with quick bets you got a good feeling you got a good call that the guy's gonna hit a homer this is your chance to put your money where your mouth is so head on over to fanduel.com locked right now step up to the plate this postseason we're running out of time we're in the league championship series on both sides folks so get going with $200 in bonus bets guaranteed, make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of Major League Baseball. All right, coming down the home stretch here, we're getting into the seventh inning stretch. Thanks for making Lock On Twins your first listen every day. Again, all week we're going to be doing some transaction stuff. Probably a willy wonty for bringing free agents and arbitration eligibles back. MLB Trade Rumors does a tremendous, tremendous service. My friend Matt Swartz, who I worked with at both Baseball Prospectus and fan graphs has an algorithm that figures out what you project a guy to get in arbitration. And year in and year out, it's probably the most accurate model. So I used it in this instance, and I've used it, for uh, a lot of different things over the years, writing. Um, But we'll do maybe like a non-tender-tender episode where, you know, trying to decide if it makes sense to bring back Kyle Farmer, that sort of thing. But our final pitcher is a left-hander from the NL Central. I would almost go so far as to say, I guarantee people aren't going to come up with who this is. He's expected to make... $5.2 5.2 million dollars in um in arbitration. So there's a chance this guy could get non-tender. He's coming off a really lousy year. Like lousy is probably underselling it. Absolutely horrible in 2023. Pretty good before that. Had his moments. Um Southpaw gonna be 28 next June. So Still enough potential to dream on, but he doesn't have a big arm, 88-89 with the fastball. And I know if you're driving off the road because I'm talking crazy, it's Eric Lauer of the Brewers. So Eric Lauer is, uh, you know, 91-92, he's touched 93 with the fastball at his best. And you're going to want to investigate why, you know, if you're the twins, why his Velo was down almost two full miles per hour. We're talking about a guy with a 6.56 ERA, almost a full win below replacement level. And that 6.56 ERA is backed by an XERA and a FIP that are both worse, both over seven. Doesn't get grounders, which actually the twins in this instance seem to like. But the home run luck has really, really hurt for him the last couple of years. Over his last 200-ish innings the last two seasons, he has allowed 43 home runs. So he's a fixer-upper. At $5 bucks, honestly, I could see the Brewers non-tendering him. And in that case, I think the Twins would have interest almost immediately. Um, he does a lot of things they like. Fly balls again, if they can again build a defensive outfield like they like to, you know, Max Kepler and right Buxton and center or um, whoever replaces Michael A. Taylor. The plan is going to be, I'm sure, for a good defensive outfield, no matter what happens. Lauer. <laughs> That smoke last year. I mean, I, there's no way to there's no way to sugarcoat the fact that he gave up a batting average of um, 289, 167 whip. He was given up in a span of um, per per inning almost two base runners. I mean, you can't overstate how sketchy that is. ground ball rate. You expect about 45 for an average. And that's why in 46 and two thirds innings, he allowed 16 home runs. It's good for eight, nine strikeouts per nine. We like that. Um, Has walked three and a half per nine over his career, which eh, teeters on kind of that border. But um, if you can get him anywhere close to where he was, either 2019 or 2021, San Diego in 19, Milwaukee in 21. Um, you've got a reliable three-four starter who uh, those years like a 1.2 homers per nine, uh, so a little less than average. Walked about 3.10, 3.10 per nine. Struck out about 8.5. Um, that, that's not gonna that's not gonna make you forget about what your ace should look like, though. Twins not as desperately seeking one of those with Pablo Lopez in tow. Um, but what I like about Lauer is uh, if you think you can get his velo back to where it was, it was 90.9 on average last year, 93.4 the year before. The Twins have had a pretty good track record of bumping velo recently. I think if you can get Lauer back to good, back to healthy, Um, you might have quite a find on your hands and it's going to cost very little, very, very little, like at 5.2 million expected, the brewers are going to have a tough decision. They're already going to have a tough decision with Brandon Woodruff, who's due to make more than that. going to miss the season and then be a free agent. Corbin Burns has a big payday looming, not only when he signs his free agent deal someday, but in arbitration, I think I saw like a $15 million estimate. And again, we know how budget-conscious the Brewers can be. So trade for Eric Lauer. It's not going to cost you anything. If he is, for any reason, a dude, um, the only issue is that he's a free agent at the end of next season, after 2024. So you would... Certainly want to get some clarity on that quickly. Um, With that said, he'll be young enough where he's going to want a longer deal. He's not going to have a long enough track record where you're not going to feel good about, you know, giving him four or five years. Could get tricky, but that's the situation you hope for. You hope to trade a little for a guy, get back a lot, and then have to make the tough decision about if you should extend them or not, right? Same thing there. Kind of dealing with Sunny Gray right now. Um, but, yeah. So, with that said, in order, Mitch Keller, Yusei Kikuchi, and Eric Lauer. Friends, I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd love to hear your thoughts on those guys. I'd love to hear who you would want. And uh, just in general, let us know what you're thinking. Like, subscribe, give us a five-star review, wherever you're listening and or watching. But, for now, this is Brandon Warren signing off and saying thank you so much. This is Locked On Twins.